0: Welcome to Carrots and Suffering a D&D Odyssey. I am your friendly dungeon master Nate. We are heading deeper into season 2 or book 2 if you prefer as our characters turn their attention to the thorns. Of course this is a high roleplay intrigue game so that doesn't mean we will get there today but soon, soon I promise. We might get into this high adventure faster if you rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Also if you share us with your nerd friends people might listen. I don't make any money off this, so do it for the love of the game? And maybe my vanity? Last time on Carrots and Suffering. Sable confronted Carolina, a member of the Druid Circle of the land, as a potential assassin after another Circle member attacked her the previous day.
1: Master Wu tried to kill me earlier today. If your intention is to kill me, I want to know now.
0: Jessica and Leslie showed up at the Lunari Estate. Leslie and Silpha tried to go on a date and ended up talking politics instead in a super awkward way. We should put the, the agreements on the table and convince the right people.
2: If you're looking for the right person to convince, that's
0: me. Sable, Jalen, and Jessica encountered a strangely planted tree in the meditation grove of Koralunari, also a member of the Circle of the Land. After a full day of Korra's intense flirtations with Sable and fearing another assassination plot, Sable heads to confront Cora. Okay, you throw the door open. Cora bolts upright from the chair she was obviously dead asleep in. (laughs) As the sun hits her uh, through the door and stands up, is rubbing her eyes, and goes, I, uh, sorry, sorry, uh, I didn't, I, uh, ooh, late, late night. Um, and then she kind of, like, seems to first register who you are, and then says, Oh, um... Hey, guys! Let's get into it! Hi, I'm Nate, and I will be your dungeon master.
1: I'm Sandra, I play Sable the Druid. I'm Julie, I play Selfa the Wizard. I'm Mandy, I play Jalen
3: the Rogue. Hey, Cora, this is my sister Jessica Evans. Oh. Jessica, this um, is Cora Lunari.
0: Jessica. And she extends a hand and kind of Jessica gives her the mighty arm crushing handshake that she usually does <laughs> to assert dominance over new people.
3: I gotta I gotta talk to her about
0: that. That lesson doesn't seem to have stuck yet from Mrs. Lunari.
3: Cora's probably got a pretty pretty
0: strong handshake herself. Cora works in a serious way with her hands. Mm-hmm. So it, it is not as one-sided as Jessica normally experiences. But Cora seems very confused by this handshake and kind of lets go and like shakes her hand out a little bit. And there's like a a locking of eyes between Cora and Jessica. And they're, they are clearly sizing each other up in a somewhat threatening manner.
1: All right. Well, while they're doing that, I say to Cora, did you plant a tree in the meditation space last night?
0: She says, yeah, I did. Why? Uh, that's, um... Um... Okay, and Cora's, like, really sleepy.
1: Yeah, and, and I'm totally gonna be checking to see if she's lying to me.
0: She's gonna roll a d20 here. <laughs> she's she's very sleepy.
1: <laughs> what did she roll? <laughs>
3: did, she, did she roll a one? <laughs> no,
0: she rolled a three and a three with her disadvantage yeah. check. She says, oh, yeah, um... The... Just aesthetics were wrong and the wind was blowing in from the other way. It was uh, not what I wanted.
1: I got an insight of nine, but that's better than Great,
0: hers. yeah, that, that was bullshit. She just spouted bullshit.
3: Yeah, I just got an 18 yep, <laughs> insight. That's,
0: she rolled a six total.
1: I frowned seriously.
3: Jalen would be like, wow, I, I wouldn't have suspected you were the one to have planted it. I mean, it looked like a really hasty job. Um, In a weird placement. She says, oh, yeah, no, I'm really, you know, learning. I'm uh,
0: more like a bee person than a tree person. Um, what
1: are you up to, Cora?
0: She, she looks at you. Uh, roll me Persuasion, unless you want to roll Intimidate. It, this felt Persuasion to me, but you can disagree.
2: Persuasion is probably a trained skill for you. Better odds.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, I rolled a 19. Yay! Been rolling like twos and threes. So that's a twenty-three.
0: She sighs and says, um, Look, something um, something unfortunate happened last night, and I don't want anybody to get in trouble. And so I buried it.
3: What was this thing that
0: happened? She kind of like looks around and then moves to step past you, like in a kind of like looking out the door kind of way. She will scan the outside orchard and then kind of close the door and say, um and she stares at Jessica like and Jessica stares at her and they're like they're stuck in this this contest for a little bit.
1: I just sigh quietly.
0: And finally like Cora says, uh can this can this stay in here? If I say something, can it stay with us, this group? Yes. Jessica just crosses her arms. And and that restarts the staring contest. But uh, a few moments will go by and Coral will say, Look, um, some people acted very strangely last night, and they did something that, if it was discovered, would probably have really bad consequences. Uh, and it did not seem natural to me. Uh, there wasn't a thing that I expected them to do, so I went ahead and let it slide.
3: Were these members of your family? (sighs) Or? It
0: was people from town. I didn't, um, I didn't recognize them, but they... It was very strange.
3: Were they sneaking onto the
1: property? Cora, just, please. My life has gone crazy in the past month. I have been a baroness and taken down. I have had more than my fair share of people trying to assassinate me, and I have watched hundreds of people emerge from the thorns, potentially with dangerous attachments to the Fae because of it. I just want to know what's going on. Please stop sugarcoating it.
0: Cora looks, like, almost teary-eyed, but in, like, an empathetic way, and, like, kind of, like, steps in to do comforting gestures.
1: I step back.
0: Hand on your shoulder, yeah. hand on your elbow, but, like, you, you can dodge her, and then she will pick up the hint. Yeah. And she says, look, um, I don't know how to, I don't know how to explain this. Uh, And she's interrupted by horse hooves uh, from just outside the shed kind of loudly pounding toward the shed. And she kind of looks a little relieved almost and says, We we better get that.
1: I just look really annoyed. Yeah, Jalen kind of cocks her
3: head to the side and says, Cora, we need to have this discussion. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, I'm sure it's uh yeah, we definitely need to have this discussion. I'm you know, I'm just really worried you're gonna think a lot less of me. And she opens the door to look out, and Carolina is hopping off of a horse. And looks up and kind of starts striding to the shed. And Cora looks confused. Mm-hmm. And Carolina says, uh, like, leans in and says, "Is Sable here?"
3: Yeah, she's in here.
0: Oh, good. And she's.
3: Jalen will sort of step between Carolina and Sable because she doesn't know what she's coming back, what what her intentions are. So she steps into the shed and says,
0: uh, "Look." Um, House Farathy put all of their champions on a manhunt to find uh the Gardener uh from House Frikers, uh a Wu and Um well Archdruid Wu.
3: Can I ask something on a character? Because Carolina knows exactly who Wu is, right? Which Carolina yeah. does know exactly yeah. who Wu is. Okay. And she and we know she knows who Wu is. Yes. Okay.
0: <laughs> She's trying not to let on that they're a member of a you know, quasi secret druid circle. Yeah. In front of you would guess Jessica specifically. Mm-hmm. Sure. But she says, uh anyway, um he he disappeared and uh no one no one seems to know where he went. Uh there were some sightings in town, um, late last night, supposedly, but uh Everyone's looking, and Cora is like pale as a fucking ghost.
3: Mm-hmm. hmm,
2: I think maybe Cora took care of some farmers or assassins for you maybe so
3: Yeah, that's, that's what it sounds like. I wonder if some of the sleeper agents tried to get onto the estate and Cora will say we um
0: uh carolina we need to uh we need to discuss something um it very important um like right now uh and carolina kind of like scans the crowd that's in this hut and says
1: i flat out say in druidic oh for fuck's sake <laughs> and i i literally start heading out of the room and assuming that jessica does not know druidic and that no um
3: no and jayla doesn't either
1: Jalen might have heard me say it before, but I don't think that juridic was made for cursing. But still, <laughs> oh, for fornic- you use the for word fornication for fornication.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it translates very literally. Yeah.
1: Oh, go fornicate a goat or whatever. She said. Uh, she says. I and she says in Druidic, <laughs> I'm going to that new tree. If we want to talk about it, we can talk about it there.
0: Carolina says new tree, and, and Cora says shut up. Come on.
1: Jalen doesn't want to leave Sable
3: alone with Carolina and Cora. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you can trudge right after him.
3: Yep. Okay. She, I guess she's going to lead the way, and, I, and I'm assuming Jessica's oh yeah, coming no. too.
0: This game. This game's really good.
3: Yeah. Uh, she's willing to stay out of earshot yep. of them, but she's not going to let Sable out of her sight. That's
0: okay. You won't understand a word.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: So when they get to the tree, the two women, and I assume Sable, immediately switch languages to Druidic, and I think you've probably heard passing words that sound like this language, but it is old and strange. Uh, so there's mm-hmm. there's like no guessing what they're talking about, honestly. It's...
1: E- even from like tone and facial expressions or... We probably look more meditative. Like, the language itself is like a language designed for communing with nature and magics and mm-hmm. that sort of thing. So, you know...
0: I'll let you know. Yeah. If anybody breaks character, okay. yeah. essentially.
3: All right. What she and Jessica are going to do is they're going to keep their distance a little bit, and Jalen will roll Jessica a cigarette, roll on for herself, and they're going to smoke and watch.
0: (laughs) So Cora says, apparently six people from town that I I don't recognize uh, found Mr. Wu incapacitated in some way, and they inexplicably eliminated him and then brought him to the edge of the property and dropped him in the view of one of our stable failures who panicked and came and got me last night. So, under the tree is what's left of that problem.
1: I touch the tree and will issue, like, a sad parting blessing, the kind of blessing that you give, you know, when burying someone.
0: Carolina says, well... That means the twelve house Varathi champions trying to find Master Wu are not going to succeed. And Korra nods and she says, "It's not that big of a kingdom, so you can't hide for very long here. When they don't find him, they're gonna they're gonna start investigating."
1: You you were both in his circle, yes?
0: They they say yeah yeah Master Wu has been. In charge of the head of the Circle of the Land for 25 years.
1: How did he take control of the Circle?
0: Uh, he was appointed. We uh, we basically have a, a vote, but honestly, the person with the most magical capability wins every time. It's not really it's not like a popularity contest. It's it's pretty tactical.
1: Um. Does he? Does the leader of the Circle of the Land have? more knowledge of its history than say other followers
0: she's uh well i mean yes generally but uh not i mean they they choose which stories to pass on so they they probably heard a lot from their predecessor and not all of them necessarily would be kept uh, or passed on
1: and uh did master wu Tell those others that followed him that they were at war with the Circle of the Moon.
0: They look at you and Cora says, "The Circle of the Moon is a, a legend. It's it's a boogeyman. I mean, they, there's all kinds of stories about the evil druids that worship Fae and the thorns, but we don't like that's not real." And Carolina kind of says. Uh, I think we all know Matron Verathy was a little strange.
1: hmm Did you know that Wu tried to kill me, Cora? I know you know Carolina.
0: Well, only because you told me. Um, although it would really explain why Yennefer Verathy has a full-scale, old-school manhunt out. And Cora says, N- no, no, nobody told me. And she sort of... A little too tired to give an angry stare, like, kind of flashes a really irritated look at Carolina, and Carolina's like, "I, I've only known for four hours."
1: Mm-hmm. I kind of lean towards Cora and I say, "What about you? You've been trying hard to get close to me. Are you intending to kill me?"
0: Cora gives you this like honestly hurt look, like, like really, really deeply kind of offended. Uh, so Jalen, someone breaks character. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You can tell Cora looks, like, on the verge of tears. Hmm. After what Sable just said. Yeah, Sable says something addressed at her.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And she got she got a little bit in Cora's face, too.
0: Hmm. And uh, I think Cora's gonna roll D d20. Can she keep her shit together? She does. She says, uh, Sable, I swear to you, you will be safe with me around forever.
1: Well, I have to roll insight. I mean, Sable doesn't trust anybody right now.
0: Sure, let me just roll this (laughs) deception check to make it look like (laughs) it's possible that there's lying going on here. Yeah. How'd you do?
1: I got an 11, altogether.
0: As far as you can tell, she's being completely sincere.
1: Yeah. I look from her to Carolina and then back to her and I say, Why would Wood come after me all on his own without even speaking to the others? I don't understand.
0: Cora looks equally confused and, frankly, still hurt. Carolina's much more calm, and I mean, Carolina's ten years older than Cora, and she says, "You have to understand, this is very unusual for Master Wu. Uh, this is—I don't think Master Wu's killed anything in in his life. I mean, he—this is a man who mourns over the death, of, you know, vegetables. Something, something very." unusual must have happened. If I had to guess, um, maybe it has something to do with all the all the Verathi House members that joined the Circle in the last two days.
1: The Circle of the Land?
0: Yes. They didn't offer any information. They just joined and they did it on the spot. We didn't even do a big formal ceremony. They just, they just did it right away.
1: <sighs>
0: Cora looks a little frustrated and Carolina says, I was I would. We were going to tell you at the next get together, and it was gonna just be a couple days.
1: I'm sorry that you're all messed up in this. I wouldn't have wanted that, Court. I'm sorry that I distrusted you, but you have to understand that Wu tried to kill me, and you were you were very forward.
0: Let's see if she can keep this together. My, uh, she's she's not taking this well. Yeah. Nope, this time she botches it. Uh, I think. I think Cora bursts into tears and sprints out of the, out of the grove. Hmm. Jalen and
3: Jessica will probably trade a look at that. Jessica says, I think she's upset.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I'm really good at this game. I've been learning it. Mrs. Lunarian's been teaching me. Good, good, good.
1: Sable leans against the new tree and looks at Carolina and says, thank you for telling me. I Wouldn't have wanted Uh, things to end like this
0: well you you asked, and you are you know Lady Miev's biggest ally, so do what I can um i I don't understand what's going on.
1: you know the huge thunderstorm that happened the other night?
0: Yes, um, very much not it, natural
1: yes, I think that that was the anger of the fairy queen we well i suppose i unknowingly found a way to release a great number of people from her grasp and in a fit of well, pique
0: well that's that's great you you're you're the biggest fucking hero in six generations
1: why are you why are you being modest about this this that's huge well she let them loose in the thorns where they were doomed yeah every single one of them had to find their own way out of the thorns and i could send those who can travel through thorns to assist them but i am certain that they all have some obligation that they must fulfill in return that i believe is what happened to wu
0: she tips her head and like is is putting a lot of things together and she says okay hold on
1: so this is not a
0: how many people can go through thorns
1: there aren't people ...that can go through thorns. There's one. And it's you. It's one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So when you say there aren't people that can go through thorns, she says... She kind of mouths, like, in druidic, but still, like, fairies? She nods. Wow. That's insane.
1: They are alive, but beholden in some way, I suspect... My friends need to know this. you need to know this. I, I don't know what that means for your circle. I certainly don't want anyone else in danger.
0: she looks she looks really really concerned and says what why would they why would they kill woo I mean, were they defending you? Is the fairy queen defending you? Oh,
1: I seriously doubt that I don't think she's tremendously happy with me.
3: Yeah, she's defending the circle, which is sable right now
1: but the uh the Circle of the Moon isn't just fairy tale. Well, I suppose it is fairy tale, but you know what I mean.
0: <laughs> she says, well, Cora may be a, a little naive, but I've, I've seen Matron Verathi. She did not get her power from nowhere. Mm-hmm. I believed in the Circle of
1: the Moon. Wu thought the Circle of the Land and the Circle of the Moon were at war. I'm certain.
0: If the Circle of the Moon was as real as the stories, I... I would not be surprised if Wu felt they were at war, but again, this, this is a man that has never squished a spider. I I have no idea what brought him to this point.
1: I don't either, but I can tell you how I found him. He admitted he was coming to find me. He had on his back the makings of a the kind of altar that brings about reincarnation. So maybe he didn't intend to kill me for long.
0: Her draw drops.
1: Yeah. Yes, and she says, (laughs) "I say in common." I look at her and go, "Yes, right."
0: (laughs) I, I didn't even think we could do that. Like, I, that's legend. Reincarnation is legend.
1: Uh, well, he thought he could do it. He brought the equipment to do so.
0: She kind of like puts her head in her hands and comes up, looks a little like. She's got this look of just, like, absolute frustration, confusion, fear that just rotates through on her face. And finally, she says, we have to tell someone.
1: You have to tell the Circle first that they need to protect themselves, that anyone, anyone could could be a danger. Can you do that?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I can do that.
1: And, I mean, I can tell my friends, but I, I don't, I'm not exactly sure what to tell them, Carolina.
0: She looks at them, looks at you, and says...
1: I, uh, I, I think Jalen would
3: actually follow Cora after she ran out. Okay.
0: Okay, that's yeah. fine. Jessica probably also went with you, because you told her to watch Cora.
3: No, actually, Jalen would say, you know, can you please keep an eye on Sable? And I'll, I'll be back.
0: Oh, yeah, sure. So, I mean, Jessica's standing there. She has no idea what's going on or what she's supposed to be mm-hmm. doing. So her hand is just like on a rapier hilt, and she's smoking a cigarette with the other hand, and looking like a, a cross between bored and irritated. Mm. So Carolina looks over at Jessica and looks back at you and says, "I don't, I don't know what you can. tell. I mean, in the circle of the land, the only thing that we protect from public view is the language and the wording of our ceremonies." Um. So um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't know what you do, Sable. I'm sorry.
1: I know. I'm going to think this afternoon. I'll figure it out.
0: She looks down at the kind of the base of the tree and she says, "This is this is a disaster. I can't believe Cora did that."
1: What did you expect her to do?
0: I didn't expect any of this, honestly. She just And she stares down at the spot on the ground and she says, get help might have been better. I don't, I don't know.
1: I think a great many of us have been thrust into positions that we don't know how to deal with of late. And I can't falter. She was overwhelmed.
0: So Carolina says, I'm going to need to tell Miev if there's going to be an investigation. They're going to bring it right to this property.
1: Well, then let's all get together and talk, all right?
0: Fine, fine. I will... Throw some meetings together. Thank you. And she kind of turns and strides out, leaving Sable and Jessica. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Jessica kind of, like, walks up and punches your shoulder playfully, uh, although, like, way too hard.
1: Like, good job making that girl cry. <laughs> I say, ow. <laughs> I say, Jessica, you know I'm poisoned, don't you?
0: And she says, that's cool, so am I.
1: No, I mean, like, touching me is actually, like, my skin exudes poison. Really? Yeah.
0: Wow, that's tough.
1: So, uh, (laughs) you know, be careful punching. You punch hard. You might get some on you.
0: Oh, nice. Man, I wish I had poison skin. That'd be great.
1: Well, if I find a way to trade it, I'll let you know.
0: So what are you doing with this Korra girl? Like, um...
1: Apparently making her cry.
0: Hmm. I mean, was that the goal, or...? No. Because... No. Oh, okay. Uh... Hey, Um,
1: Jessica, has anybody ever tried to assassinate you?
0: Uh, technically no. Uh, well, no, hold on. Yes. About 18 people.
1: 18, huh?
0: In fairness, 16 of them were at one time. Yeah? And the other two might have been accidents.
1: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) tell me all about it, and she can tell me her story. And we can <laughs> fade to black.
0: She regales you with multiple stories, both of them from this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you get the story of the time she went into the Thieves' Guild and started a fist fight with were-rats. Oh, so it was her fault. <laughs> and then pulled out her rapier, and it was not made of silver.
1: I am not going to say that that's her fault, but I'm thinking the whole time, yeah. For
3: so, <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: got yeah. it.
0: And then uh, she will not tell the story of the time over a dozen were-rats came to House Evans and tried to murder everyone. But she will tell you about the time that Thorn's creatures came and your insight doesn't have to be very high to tell you that something happened and this story is not what happened.
1: Yeah.
3: So she's sticking to the Lord Evans version of yep. the story? Yep. She oh, says yeah.
0: it to the word and it's missing all the details that yep. would make a story believable. Mm-hmm. Right. We will switch to Jalen. So you you've taken off after Cora. You find her room in the main hallway where the bedrooms for the main household members are. There's only like six of them, so she has one of the nice rooms. And she did not. It looks like she slammed her door, but it didn't latch, so it kind of swung back open. Uh huh. And she is sitting on her bed, dabbing at her face with a pillowcase.
3: Alright, Jalen will rap lightly on the door and kind of as she pushes it open, you know, like she, she's not trying to be intrusive, but...
0: Mm-hmm. She looks up and she has this, like, huge pouty lip, mm-hmm. like quivering pouty
3: lip. Jalen says, can I come in? And She just kind of nods. Jalen will get, sort of sit at the foot of the bed and she will get out tobacco and papers and start rolling cigarettes not necessarily to smoke she's just doing something with her hands and she'll say um sable has been through a lot both recently and kind of in a long lifelong sense she grew up with nobody touching her ever And the rest of House Farathi wasn't really allowed to play with her. So being a loner kind of comes real naturally to her. And she managed to be fairly gentle-natured for all of that. But, um, you know, my experience with gentle creatures who get savaged a lot, and she's been attacked. lot in recent history, they get real defensive, you know? They get suspicious of everything and everyone, and I don't think anybody has ever been as interested in Sable the way you're interested in Sable, and I don't think she knows what to make of it.
0: I think Cora slides over and basically puts her head kind of on your shoulder and says, Jalen, it was supposed to be perfect, and I screwed it up.
3: Well, there's a problem when you try to make things perfect, and that is, you know, we're human, mostly, and we, we don't do perfection, Cora. If you try to make things perfect, you're going to fall short of your goal every time. So maybe you should approach it the way you seem to approach most things, which is to do it well. Just do it well.
0: She says, um, I think I already ruined it.
3: I doubt it, but Sable doesn't even seem to be trusting her best friends a lot recently. She just doesn't think she can. And I get that, and it hurts, but you might rethink the forwardness of your approach. The detail that you were involved with Master Wu's circle didn't bode well for you. That's not your fault, but given recent events it made you a somewhat suspicious person.
0: She kind of lets out like a really long sigh. It's clear she's been crying, so it's like really warbly.
3: Mm-hmm. Jalen will take out a hanky and hand it to her. Aww.
0: She will kind of like wipe her whole face off with the the hanky.
3: Yeah. And Jalen will offer her a smoke if she wants one. She waved it off. Mm-hmm.
0: This is a hot yoga, body is a temple kind of lady. Uh uh Uh-huh,
3: (laughs) uh-huh. There's not enough weed in these cigarettes for her to smoke. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: She's not having a back-to-earth experience with (laughs) your cigarettes. She's not interested. (laughs) I think she says, uh, thanks. You know her really well, right? You don't think I messed it up?
3: If you're asking if you perfectly messed it up to where there's no going back and no fixing it, no, you didn't mess it up. She nods. If you're asking whether you can keep doing what you've been doing, the answer is fuck no. <laughs> you can't do it that way. She uh, she
0: tries for a smirk. It it does not seem super genuine.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And she says, okay, okay. And I mean, if it's if it was perfect, I guess I guess it could still happen, right?
3: Well, I just got done telling you nothing is ever going to be perfect, Cora, and I'm not really going to go back on that. But I think maybe if you were to, say, send her a little note apologizing and maybe inviting her to... I mean, you all did, like, a meditation thing this morning, right? Yeah. Maybe you could invite her to do that again and see if she comes. Okay. Okay. All right.
0: This is... I'll try it. And she, you see her like get up and immediately cross to her little writing desk and and pull out some paper. And she gives you a uh, a wry
3: smile. All right, Jalen says I'll uh, I'll leave you to it. All right,
0: you head out. Welcome to Fairy Facts. The Gregath Anon are Welsh water fairies also known as lake maidens, who take mortal men as their husbands. They have kind of a succubus, water nymph, or sprite mermaid thing going on. They often ride on boats from fairy islands in the middle of great lakes, where they live beneath the waves of the lake and emerge. The women were quite beautiful, very wealthy, and knew great secrets of medicine. Like most good fairies of the region, they have a love of song and dance. To marry a lake maiden, you have to win them over with a gift, like a perfectly baked loaf of bread. The maiden's father would then test the mortal and negotiate a kind of marriage contract deal that comes with lots of money. Marriages to fairies always come with strings attached, most prominently not hitting your fairy wife, which seems pretty reasonable on the surface, but the guy always screws it up. The tales almost always end in sorrow, with the man breaking his fairy agreement to the sadness of both people, thus causing the fairy woman to return to live with her family and taking with her most of their accumulated fortune. It's hard to tell the difference between these lake maidens and other ladies at the lake that come along in other stories. Some lake maidens are much more dangerous. Drowning passerbys who come by at night, you can spot a lake guarded by a dangerous lake maiden, as birds won't fly over it and animals won't drink from it. You can defend against lake maidens in general by not flirting with random women near bodies of water, or by abiding by the agreements of a marriage, in particular avoiding domestic abuse. Presumably, iron would keep them at bay, as this is the traditional fairy ward of the UK region. There's a bunch of possible morals to these stories, but a lot of them are pretty unflattering to modern sensibilities. I'm going to go with hot rich ladies on boats who like to party are definitely too good for jerks. Leslie and Silpha are strolling the orchard.
2: I think as they begin to leave the room, arm in arm, Sylpha leans into Leslie and says quietly, You know, I'm really glad you're here. Thank you for arriving so quickly. I think all of us have been very out of sorts with recent events, and Jalen in particular.
0: Leslie gives you a smile and says, um, Yeah, that was... It's been intense.
2: Well, let's do this properly. Wait here a moment, I'll be right back. Okay. And she skips off to the kitchen, and when she returns, she has a blanket and a picnic basket of food. Aww. So Silfa will make polite, innocuous conversation and answer any questions Leslie may be posing about the estate as they stroll about the parts of the grounds in public view, but she'll swing around wide to one of the storage buildings, like a a tall barn that doesn't have a lot of people actively going back and forth. And she'll kind of pause behind this tall barn and fetch a rope and say, So, I'm not bragging, but this has been one of my proudest recent accomplishments. I finally figured out how to transmute a mundane object, in this case, a length of rope, into a nexus port between this dimension and an extra-dimensional pocket space. And she throws up the rope trick, and it has been useful more times than I ever would have imagined.
0: You know, you know when you describe it like that, that spell is way more powerful than the level it's to be cast at. I think Leslie cannot cast the spell. And is more of an illusionist than the transmuter, so may not even have known about this one. And so you you, you get their full attention; they're very excited.
2: So after Silpha throws up the rope, she begins ascending, and then as she's climbing up the rope, it occurs to her to ask, "Oh, if if you need a boost, just let me know."
0: I, I do need a boost.
2: Oh, <laughs> strike this not Silpha's high stat. So I guess she places the blanket and the picnic basket out, and then we'll try to pull... We'll say, Just grab the end of the rope!
0: Yeah, she grabs it.
2: And then begins to try to help by pulling the rope up.
3: Hmm.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a 12. Can I Can I get Leslie up enough that they can then... <laughs>
3: I mean, it's a, it's an assist, sort of, not necessarily like a pulling her up entirely.
0: You will gather that Leslie is not like not at all like Jalen and Jessica in terms of their physical prowess, but they get up the rope. I mean, they they could have climbed it; it just it would have looked probably not terribly competent. The help is needed. You get into the treehouse.
2: So the interior of the space this time looks like a kind of meadow in bloom at twilight. Natural landscape with not a
0: thorn in sight, whoa, I think Leslie just sits down and like drinks it all in for a little while. like doesn't say anything. We'll stand up and kind of walk the perimeter of the actual box portion of this dimension you're in, and then sit down. I don't know how practical this spell is for like daily use, but it's it's really impressive. so Silfa will place her
2: lantern by the entrance per usual. Not that she's expecting fairies, but she will say, Uh, yes. In conjunction with a magic circle, it functions as effectively a portable safe room. Its limitation is the duration, of course.
0: How, how long does it stay open? Eh, uh, we can sit in here for an hour. Wow. And I-, I think Leslie doesn't have a lot to say. You get the impression they are they are really impressed with this thing.
2: Sulphah feels... Kind of modest about it, though, because she's done it multiple times at this point. And she says, Uh, yes, um, you must know something about the manipulation of dimensional space. I mean, that dimension door you pulled off was impressive. You must show me how you did it.
0: I think Leslie blushes and says, well, yeah, yeah. Well there's there's two tricks to that. I did learn how to do the spell, but when I did it in the maze I uh I used a magic item for that.
2: Another gift from your mentor?
0: Yes, there aren't many magical items left inside the thorn wall, so they're they're exceedingly rare, but uh yeah.
2: Gifts of magic items are extraordinarily generous. This master of yours outside the thorns. Just, how did you work out how to contact people on the outside? Did your master contact you? Do they have any interest in the kingdom? I'm sorry, I just have so many questions.
0: So, a bird landed on the roof of House Evans with a message tied to its foot in a little scroll case. And I opened it, and it, it was not meant for anyone in Fenrir. It was... In transit between uh, North Bank and the lock. Two cities just outside the Thorns. Towns, really. So it was signed by someone named Arch Sage Archibald Mason. And I didn't realize that there were Masons outside. And so I spent the next eight months crafting a birdcage. It calls to local wildlife and gives them a message to go talk to someone I name. And I started up an exchange with this arch sage, and that's how it got started.
2: I think at this point, Sylpha is visibly lost in thought, her mind racing with even more questions.
0: Anyway, uh, since then, I've picked up a lot of correspondence outside the thorns. I keep tabs on the perimeter around the kingdom and the politics of the thorn wall on the other side. And I keep tabs on the different houses inside, and I trade that information for magic items from my mentor.
2: I see... And how much do you know of recent events that have transpired and the cause of them?
0: Well, uh, I can tell you that Lord Mentor was recently out-politicked by Jennifer Varathy, and uh, he was surprised by that, and there will be some kind of retaliation at some point very soon. I can tell you very little about the supernatural things. I don't... The beasts that come out of the thorns are an enigma to me. And to have people emerge, that's absolutely unheard of.
1: Well, I think in as
2: much as the mundane politics in this kingdom are influenced in some manner by the fairy politics, it would be useful to share information if I trusted we would be doing so in confidence.
0: So, are you asking if you can share information that I won't give to the Sage?
2: Well, I'd, I'd be particularly interested if your mentor held a desire to see the situation in this kingdom improve. But does the Mason family outside the Thorns still practice its blood magic?
0: My mentor claims that they left the main line of the House Mason over Blood Magic. However, there are some records in House Mason, and if that is true, Archibald Mason would be um, 950. Which would lead me to believe that perhaps some magic is afoot. Not any magic I know about.
2: So, Jalen, Sable, and I are involved in carrying out some work of Muriel Freikers that seeks a way to take down the thorns.
0: Leslie nods.
2: We obtained plans for the design of a construct which can make this feasible.
0: Leslie says, I don't think it'll work. A fire cannon is not sufficient.
2: Hmm. It is more than a fire cannon, and it is sufficient. It has blades and an
0: ice cannon as well. Leslie gives you a surprised look, and then followed by a frustrated look, and then says, how how long have you been working on this? About a month.
2: (laughs) For some time now. It required collecting several powerful components, and Additionally, a necklace that was part of my dowry, which I obtained by persuading my family to make an investment, and part of acquiring that necklace was the terms I described before and the forfeiture of the rest of my dowry in order to forge a new one.
0: Is that the reason you want to be informal?
2: Well, at the very least, I thought that might impact your father's thoughts on the matter
0: she nods and says it's not a concern for me there's plenty of value in an extended business relationship
3: (laughs) your whole family is your dowry now
0: (laughs) I don't think there's an opportunity here that requires a dowry I think we both want the same thing our families want the same thing and I think we can get it together
2: Sylpha just pauses to let Leslie articulate what she thinks that same thing is.
0: Lord Evans is looking to elevate himself to Count from Viscount, and that promotion is very hard to get because the kingdom is stuck at a present size and heavily entrenched in its current power structures. Your family wants to break into the nobility and believes they've earned it, and that frankly they have. I've seen their ledgers. They are more successful than the Masons, the Frikers, and debatably the Evans. From my perspective, together we could easily take that position, and all we would need is legal authority...
2: Hmm, so you would view a marriage as a means of business merger, then?
0: Well, that, that's, that's what a marriage is. Uh, I mean, we could have a dalliance or whatever terminology you want outside of it, but the, the paperwork portion is financial.
2: A small frown begins to form at the corners of Sylpha's mouth.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: She'll begin unpacking the basket and pouring cups of tea.
0: Um, let's see if... Leslie picks up on this. <laughs>
3: nah. Doesn't get no. totally oblivious.
2: <laughs> Just pouring tea, because that's what a lady does.
3: <laughs> Just remember, Leslie has the same brain in her head that Isaac had in his.
0: <laughs> I think Leslie gets distracted, because there are some gender norms about sort of food serving, and Leslie is really navigating something in their head and struggling with it, and just isn't noticing that their comment didn't go as, as intended. The
2: masons were involved in the construction of some of the parts for this golem design. Before the assault on their house, I had learned that the Fairy Queen was desiring a war with the masons because they were creating some kind of champion capable of challenging her power. Ostensibly, one might believe that it was because of what we asked them to make. However, I can tell you definitively that she desired this war well before our plans were ever in place.
0: Leslie leans in and says, I want to cut you off because I don't have answers for you. The Art sage is an expert at information handling and espionage and I can tell from reading between the lines they're heavily invested in trying to figure out where the power structure in House Mason lies today. And from their impression, it is non-existent. And I have found no information that challenges that. But the reason you would ask these kinds of questions, the reason you would try to get the information how the Arch Sage is going about it, There is something or someone that a 950-year-old powerful wizard with the ability to give away magic items like candy to children is terrified of, and I haven't found what it is.
2: As part of our project, we mean to try to uncover information which may have been lost to the Thorns. Information at locations from that book we acquired from you
0: so for my usefulness to you is probably going to be in town and not with you in the thorns but it is it is critical that information regarding house mason that you discover if you're in the thorns is filtered through me before it gets to the Arch Sage. i don't know what he's after but i am most certainly not playing his game
1: i see Alright.
0: If there's anything I can do to support you in acquiring that information, please let me know. I have access to nearly every family library in this <laughs> kingdom. If you need maps, if you need, if you need birth records, if you need tax records, if you need you, t- you name it, I will get it for you. I'm afraid in the thorns, I'm just a frail person who can do some damage if I get my hands on something.
2: Well, I told Jalen that you were the cleverest person in the kingdom, and I mean that without exaggeration. I thought you might even discover where we are, were before I sent a message to you.
0: Um, well, I don't... I don't want to brag, but I did.
2: And then you know that all three of us, myself, Jalen, and Sable, are considered... Enemies of the Fairy Queen?
0: That I did not know. My network doesn't extend into the fairies. I have captured some in my youth and negotiated some facts with them, but I don't. It's too expensive to keep a network open with them, and I'm not willing to pay anything more than a drop of honey to a pixie. What can I do? to protect you from the fairies. Tell me and I will work on that. I can enchant your room. It'll take a long time, but I can do it.
2: Sylpha kind of looks into her tea and takes a couple sips. I think what is paramount at this point in time is that our activities in the Thorns remain as clandestine as possible. I know that entering into the thorns with a golem that shoots fire and ice won't be anything less than conspicuous.
0: Leslie gets this impish smirk on her face. Disinformation campaign. (laughs) These are my favorite. Never fear, Silpha. I will be the cleverest woman in the kingdom for you.
2: Aww. Aww. Sylpha grins for a second and then adds and I am also interested in the safety of our guests as much as possible.
0: That will take some doing. It's outside of my expertise but I promise you I will look into it. I can tell you no no mortal person, no house has any designs against House Mason. They're simply too weak.
2: Not even now that Meg is engaged to Malak Mentor?
0: You would think that that would be an impetus, but it would seem that the drama with House Verathi, House Evans, and House Mason's property and the potential increased attacks by Thorn Beasts have been a intense distraction. House Pornino is in war mode. That leaves just the Drurys and the Frikers to pick fights and finagle for a marriage contract. And currently they both have candidates to replace Alan Varathy. So taking out Meg isn't necessarily an option and probably won't be until a new courting is declared for Harriet.
2: That is a measure of relief. Regarding fairies and fairy politics, I am told that here at our estate encountering fairy allies of the Queen would be a rarity. Fairies of the Summer Court Would be another matter.
0: Leslie raises an eyebrow and says, we should have a much longer discussion on fairy court politics. And we leave it there. Special thanks to Todd Ferguson at My Pet Machine for our tunes and Julie at Elaborate Flight of Fancy for our logo. Support your artists when and where you can, everyone. You can find these two fabulous artists on Facebook. Don't forget to rate and review us. Will Leslie and Silpha figure out how to get their relationship off the ground? What will Sable do now that her would-be assassin is most sincerely dead? Find out next time on Carrots and Suffering, a D&D Odyssey.
1: Picnic basket. Yeah, it's a picnic basket.
0: <laughs> well, we know what Sable's doing next.
3: Silpha, Silpha blows the moment when Leslie's like, "What's that?" She goes, "It's a picnic basket."
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a picnic basket, Mister Ranger sir.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and Leslie's like, "I gotta, I, I gotta, I gotta go." <laughs>
0: <laughs> Excuse me. I just realized.
3: Oh my god this is look at my wrist